Hey Bads, this is Michael Wu from the Badass Asian Dudes Moderating Team. Before we jump into this episode, we have a few announcements for you. This Saturday, October 31st from 6 to 7.30pm Pacific Time, we'll be having a special Halloween speed networking social hour using the app Hi Right Now, made by fellow Badass Asian Dude Stephen Choi. Sign up with a link in the description. We're also working on some hot merch right now, so go to badassasiandudes.com slash subscribe to get on the waitlist. Early subscribers get 15% off their first order. We've also compiled choice insights from the podcast into a free guide, Nine Ways to Become a Badass Asian Dude, which you can download at that same link. Alright, now give this episode a listen and tell us what you think. Alright, welcome to a new episode of the Badass Asian Dudes podcast. I'm Michael Wu, one of the moderators for the Badass Asian uh, Dudes group on Facebook. And here with me, I have, as a co-host, uh, Brandon. Brandon, do you want to talk about yourself? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, but I found all the Badass Asian Dudes through Facebook. And here I am actually going to get to know our guest because I read his story and I was super excited about it. So, um, Michael, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Oh, sure. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, I'm a software engineer based out of Tokyo. Uh, but here with me, we have uh, Kent Yoshimura. Um, Kent, do you want to talk about yourself for a bit? Yeah, good, good pronunciation on the Japanese last name, by the way. I, I guess that comes from you living in Japan. You got to practice. Um, he's fluent now. Um, yeah, I can give a little brief intro about myself. Uh, I am a co-founder and CEO of a company called Neuro, where we make supplementation in the form of gum and mints. So you could take that with you wherever you go. And alongside that, I have a background that's heavily rooted in athletics. Uh, I used to go to Japan every year to train for the Olympics in judo. And I used to travel to Thailand to fight uh, out there in Muay Thai. And post that, I got really involved with the art world and primarily film, music, and painting murals. So some of those things I still do now alongside the business, but that's me in a nutshell. Um, That's so cool, man. Yeah, so (laughs) I met Kent in Japan last year when I was hanging out there for a month. Um, We met him through a mutual friend. We went out to go eat, and um, I think he was peddling some hard substances at me, AKA caffeine pills. I was like, wow, what is this? And I I had one. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was like, and I immediately was like, okay, I got to get a subscription for my startup. And (laughs) (laughs) it was more than a year ago. More than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite some time ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's lost track of time because (laughs) I know COVID. Yeah. (laughs) We're in a time warp. Yeah. So my first question for you, this is a question that we ask all of our guests is, what does a badass Asian dude uh, mean to you? <laughs> it's so funny because when I think about Asian people in general, and it, our culture is so embedded in humility. So calling yourself badass is very, like, it, it yeah. feels awkward to me. <laughs> For, yeah. Like, it's interesting. But at the same time, there is like a level of confidence that you need to take on yourself to be able to approach anything in life. And Badass Asian dude to me represents that, like not innate, not like superficially announcing that you are badass, but adopting it as your own. So that's my, my brief little answer. <laughs> Maybe I like it. He's, he got it succinct, man. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, the humility part for sure is it's like it's so it's so ostentatious to just be like, yeah, badass Asian dude. Someone's like, ooh. Yeah, you don't ever call your conversation. <laughs> yeah, but people hopefully recognize it through our actions. And I, I think that's what makes, I don't know, to me being Asian, I feel like that's what makes us special. Like we have to execute or else you're just speaking about it. Great. Yeah. So honestly, I only knew through Nero and then, but then all your, and I saw your post about your mural art and I didn't even realize you had a athletic background. Um, can you talk a little bit about the athletics and how that, how that helped develop your mindset? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up on athletics. Uh, you know, I, I started karate when I was five. My parents were both working, so I was deeply embedded into like either karate studio or doing music and art, which was something I pursued later. And it ultimately became this this thing that I. I did get better at through, you know, just being involved with it. And in college, the end of high school and college, I decided to take it more seriously. So I started training with more professional teams. And that led me into going to Japan. I trained with Imperial Guards, being one of their training partners there. So that was a big part of my summers every year. Um, and in Thailand, you know, uh, I have one of the best coaches, Samapaya Karun, who's considered one of the greatest Muay Thai fighters of all time extremely fortunate and privileged to meet him but i was able to just gain these skills that i guess what's funny is growing up with insecurities you try to use fighting as a way of overcompensating but once you get to that level you can't do that it just has to become part of your lifestyle and all of a sudden it makes you look inwards on what does it mean to be a, just a good person, I guess, but you like not using your actions to speak louder than your words. And I think that's where perhaps the mentality aspect of it came into play. Got it. Wow. The Imperial guards, they must've been super badass. <laughs> yeah. They're actually not that good though. <laughs> not to, <laughs> don't, don't, don't show this podcast to them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I doubt they're uh, going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> translating it but uh the people at the kodokan the people at kyokushikan like the college level judo players are insane in japan and they have nothing to lose you know versus i'm some mm -hmm. kid from california japanese to... people take mastery to this like what we think of in america's mastery and it's like well they consider like oh that's entry level <laughs> right you didn't massage the octopus for 10 years bro like yeah. <laughs> you're just a beginner yeah exactly that the uh I, I definitely transformed myself through athletics too and it when i did get past the insecure point i was like oh my gosh i, I just really res resonated what you said like having physical power and then you have to actually ask yourself, what am I going to do with this? Like, right. what, 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 what was I covering up in the first place that I needed to work so hard? And I was just kind of curious where that part of the journey took you. Well, there's limitations to the body, but there's no limitations to the mind. And, mm. you know, in many ways, that's rooted in why we started neuro also. It's neuro is not just about enhancing performance with your body and you're energized, like drinking a Red Bull. Like... For us, this is something that should resonate through all means of how you think about mm. the, the, the mind as a CPU, the, the central nervous system representing 
what controls so much more of your mentality, your life, your physique, your physicalities, everything. Yeah. That the nervous system, I mean, that I'm interested because you brought that word up and a lot of people don't mention that typically in athletics, they say, oh, like this muscle or this move, but they don't mm -hmm. talk about the nervous system. And I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, so strength and conditioning, a lot of prepping into, have you heard of like central nervous system shock or peripheral nervous system shock? Yeah. You need to prep your body into being prepared to work out. You need to prepare yeah. your body into being prepared to get into a state of active flow. And that is something that I think a lot of people ignore when they just get themselves into working out and then they mm -hmm. end up burning themselves out. So ideally we want to be a product slash lifestyle brand that focuses on, look, this isn't a magic pill. Nothing's a magic pill but we are a product that should get you into a mindset to get over that first hump to enhance yourself, whatever it is, whatever way you enhance it to the next level. What made you want to make your own consumer products? Um, yeah. Like how did you even, how did you even step up to that? Like I'm going to do my own thing now, or I'm going to make, make a thing yeah. instead of going into a corporate job. I, I mean, what made you move to Japan? <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Like I, I look at that and uh, I like to me that f everything starts with the mind to make that move to Japan probably <laughs> took so much out of you. And in the same way for me, it was, I mean, I always wanted to be independent. I've never really held a real job outside of uh, working at a music studio uh, for two years. And then everything else was freelance and independent. For me, Nero represented something that it didn't start off like this, you know, like I think originally it started off like this is a need that people have. You shouldn't be taking just a supplement once a day and believing that it's going to change your life. And for me, this was something I wanted to take on the daily. If I were going to embed health into my life, supplementation into my life, it was going to be something that was a part of my routine. And I guess that's where it started knowing that this was representing something that was so much more than what I, what just making money, but more so just, this is a lifestyle I want to live, a creative product that represents who I am as a person. But I you didn't have any fears that, uh, that it wouldn't be enough or <laughs> it wouldn't be enough I'm to like sustain you or anything like that. I mean, of course, like, you know, early on, the way I made money was I gave myself to cancer treatment, like fake cancer treatment on clinical trials where they would pay me for hospital stays. You know, I, I paint murals because like I wasn't making any money then, but now it's making me more money than I do make my, I bank myself, uh, I pay myself in salary at Neuro, you know, because I want that business to grow. But I also know that I have a sustainable side gig, thankfully. And all these things are, one, I'm very lucky and fortunate that it all worked out. But two, um, pushing me towards not doing something just for money, but doing something because it, it builds me as a person and it builds my character. And I don't know, it becomes holistic at that point. Got it. Yeah. That's cool, man. I, I, I like that you say that you want something that just goes with your lifestyle rather than building 
a business around one particular product that is just supposed to make money. Right. You know, living, living by examples. I think I, I respect a lot of people who do, um, they often succeed because people see belief and they're like, Oh, I, I, you know, and I read some of your story and I was like, Oh, you mentioned that you guys had uh, contact with a lot of Redditors and got backing from, from Reddit, which I think is awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. They're there. I mean, I'm on Reddit every day. Like, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. be. I'm like addicted to it. <laughs> you know? I'm Reddit every day. <laughs> yeah. I love Reddit, man. And it's if you harness the right community, like those were people I would talk, I was talking to and interacting with on a daily basis, like at an addictive level, it made me realize, like, well, why not, like, bring them into this? It's full of early adopters, you know, like people were just like, fuck it, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I wasn't thinking about it in a business sense. It, it it came to be that it was just like, hey, these are the people I'm already talking to when I'm testing supplements. What would they think about this? And I think that authenticity and that genuineness probably translated into something more. Yeah, they say uh, definitely having a bunch of really enthusiastic early adopters is more important than having a bunch of people who are like really lukewarm about your product. <laughs> of course, you know, like that, but that's life also. You don't want lukewarm friends. I want friends that are, like have my back in the same way I have their back. And that's the culture we're trying to cultivate at Nero. Yeah. What was the growth process like at the company? When did you guys start them and how, how did that growth process go? And like, how was that? How was that for you? How were the, how were the struggles? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the struggles were real, you know, sleeping on Ryan's couch and trying to make money and shipping product out of my house. And, but customer service was my phone. And what was crazy was, so we launched this thing. I post on Reddit and it just blows up. Like literally in three days, we reach our goal, which wasn't that much, but still it was like $20,000 at a time to me was like, holy crap. Like that's more money than I made ever in three days. And Dr. Oz out of the blue contacts us and wants to talk about us. Time Magazine writes about us. And now all of a sudden, we're running out of inventory because they're just like, I didn't, you know. What? And my phone is just blowing up 24-7. I was getting PTSD. It was crazy. But... <laughs> You're like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for engagement. this. And what's crazy is like, that was great as a start because it was positive conditioning for me to mm. and my business partner to believe that this is something that's really going to work. But then nothing's sustainable unless you build a foundation and a structure behind it. And the, for me, my journey in business was forcing that understanding of what does management look like? What does raising money look like? What is, uh, how do you tell the difference between someone that's trying to scam you out of money and a good investor? All those things culminating into what we are now uh, has just been this unbelievable journey. And when I look back at it, but in the moment, you're just focused on what you want to create and what you want to do. And that's, that's just create a great product and get a bunch of people that are not lukewarm, but super stoked about it. How were you able to put yourself out there and ask for, ask investors for money? Like, did that require confidence? <laughs> uh, again, like I, I look at our journey and look at it as so much luck, but you know, we didn't raise money until two years into the business. You know, Ryan was working at Hulu. 
I was painting mural, like my mural gig was working. I, I also built like experiences, um, which was a business that was doing extremely well. I was also doing like the clinical trials and all, all this random stuff to make money doing Postmates. And it was during that, there's an incubator that reached out to us because we were getting some media attention and they were trying to take 20% of our, our business without investing any money. And that, at that time, Ryan and I felt really weird about it, but I was in the elevator figuring out whether I should say yes or no to this deal. And this guy is standing next to me and asked me if I am part of Neuro and he was about to meet me or about to meet this, the head of the incubator on whether to basically invest in the fund as an LP to invest partly in us. And he gives me his business card and he's like, don't go with them. I'm going to invest personally in you $250,000. And he ended up being this guy named Brian Lee who started legal zoom oh. on his company, shoe dazzle and recently uh, came out on top with a $4.2 billion acquisition of honey by PayPal. He's wow. one of the, the richest what? Asians in LA. He's a, like a multi-billionaire. Crazy rich Asians, dude. And that is crazy. They can't make that story up, man. Dude, That's... it was crazy. And we met, I, I literally met with him at a coffee shop the next week. He loved our business and they invested in us. That was how we got oh. our first investor. Yeah. Oh, man. What a good story. Dude, it was cr so lucky. But it was so crazy. It was like such a pivotal moment in our life. But then you later went on Shark Tank or was Shark Tank before this? <laughs> no, Shark Tank was way after. Like this yeah. was, yeah, this was three years ago now. That, I, that happened. We started getting these retail gigs. Our e-commerce started, you know, blowing up. We started getting evangelists. And it, I mean, Shark Tank was this year. Joe Rogan was this year. Um, a lot of our retail activations have been in the last two years. You know, Target just put a PO into us last week. And it's crazy. Like, you know, like we were on entrepreneur, the cover of entrepreneur magazine, like last month. And it, it just, it just became this crazy journey where, um, there's these catalytic moments in our business that I don't know whether it's, we took advantage of it because we knew how to, or it's literally hundred percent luck, which sometimes I feel like it is, but we were able to recognize those moments and thankfully uh, capitalize on it. Awesome. Do, do you think that your ability to like warm up to difficult circumstances, like through martial arts primed you for like these, cause this is stuff that wouldn't happen to normal people. This is not run of the mill stuff. Dude. I think about that. I'm, cause so I used to also pull like one or two all nighters every single week. Like literally, like it was, it was really bad. Like, am I, like, that's what I was known for amongst my friends, like, and my roommates, you know, I would literally just stay up all night and work. Cause I knew if I got into a momentum, mm -hmm. I had to keep that momentum going or else mm -hmm. things won't get done. And so I, I sleep now. I sleep a lot now, <laughs> Dude, way <yeah>. too much, <laughs> but uh, there's, there's a period of probably five years where I probably sacrificed, you know, a lot of my later years to make things happen. And, uh, 
but those were moments where I was just so excited about an opportunity that came to the table that I, I knew I had to just take that challenge and sacrifice myself to do that. So, um, you know, for the better or worse, I, I, like now that I'm older and the business is doing better, happiness is more important than any of these things. And I also realized like, even if the business doesn't make it, if I have happiness, then it doesn't matter. And if all the people around me have happiness, then it doesn't matter. But that's also a loaded thing. So it's like, what does that even mean? But that, that's probably the next challenge that I'm going to undertake. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I've always believed in work-life balance. And honestly, until like grad school, I had never pulled an all-nighter. I was like, nope, need my sleep. Nope. <laughs> Nothing is important than my sleep. Right. Good boundaries, <laughs> man. It's, it's really good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it really screws you up if you don't get your sleep in. <laughs> you you matured earlier than I did. That you learned the lessons of life <laughs> quicker than I did. It's important. Uh, you got to borrow chi from the future for all nighters. <laughs> now, for for me at least, I'm in my mid thirties. I can't be doing that, dude. Like, dog just... kills me. Is there yeah. um, is there something behind your art? Is there something that like drives your Muralist art? The mural art is a little bit different from my personal art. And I mean, I, I, uh, I'll show you my personal art later. It's, it's over there. But uh, like for my personal art, I write, let me see if I have it in my bookshelf. But yeah, I do. So I actually, this is my first show, Oral Floral. It was like my first solo show with this gallery that oh, nice. used to represent me. Fine. But I wrote, yeah, like I literally designed and I would write like entire, like an entire book, like oh. on all my art and what it represents. And I think from my film background, I'm, I think there's a lot of storytelling that's really important that can't be told by just visual expression that, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I literally have like 15, 16, 17, I, I don't know how many sketchbooks I have, but I have sketchbooks that are just filled with writing and art and everything that uh, ultimately translates into, you know, my larger, wh whether you can see it here or not, but like a lot of my like larger pieces Whoa. that exist, like all those in the background. Those are awesome. So I had no idea about this side of you, man. That's super, that's, that's yeah. really impressive. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you mentioned like you spent a lot of time at like dojos and and it's, and also you said art studios when you were younger. Is that is that correct? <laughs> My art comes from so Bruce Lee used to draw all of the different like techniques that he would do. Yeah, the drawing. You know? Yeah, the drawing. Yeah. So I would just draw like I wanted to be like Bruce Lee, so I used to draw my sketchbook all the time. Uh guilty as charged too, man. Dude, <laughs> he. He did a lot for us, man. <laughs> he paved. He paved. He paved the way. The way, yeah. Yeah. He's been a recurring theme in like all our guests, really, and everyone we, all the guys we talk to, like Bruce Lee, just st stands out even like fifty years later. Dude, who's the first badass Asian dude you think of? You know, Bruce Lee is immediately number one, and then it's Jackie Chan. Like, <laughs> he represents hey. badass Asian dude to me. The qualifying thing is you gotta do your own stunts, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, not at this age. <laughs> <laughs> but then you said your mural art is kind of a separate thing. That's a different motivation. Yeah. That. What's crazy is like originally my mural art used to represent a lot more of myself and it used to be a lot darker mm. as, as a whole. But then when it had to become a business, 
it starts getting skewed with what the businesses want and it's right. a lot more colorful now and, you know so. <laughs> Kit, i still have my personal work though Kitten, i know when you said uh, every person has ups and downs and i'm some of our listeners are going to be curious about um some of the darker times in our lives and would you mind telling us a couple of stories about that kind of period of art i mean yeah like you know i mean i've had really dark times in my life when i didn't have a lot of money and you know i would be sleeping in my car and i would be trying to make things work and you know they're just like substances and things like that um but i think like the darkest the darkest moments in my life have always come in like the form of my relationships with people unfortunately probably because I get over-invested in certain things or I get under-invested in certain things, which is also bad. And that resulting in way more mental anguish than I should let on. And early on in the business, it's weird because it's almost like Pavlovian, but the conditioning for me was I would deal with a lot of my mental anguish by putting myself into a lot of work. And the work side would succeed because I'm just investing time into it. And I would sacrifice a lot of human relationships and relationships with, if I did come out of a really bad breakup or a really bad like situation, mm-hmm. I put myself into my work and that became successful. So now I condition myself to like, believe that this is the thing I should pursue. But now I'm trying to reset and realize that there is a balance between those two worlds where I can maintain my relationships with my friends, significant others, my family, while also trying to make business work. And, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, I, I struggle with it deeply still um, because I think I get overly invested and, and focused in work. And I, I feel this is probably my really bad CEO side of me, but and speaking very honestly, like there's a part of me that does get really jealous and kind of bitter when I see people that are just enjoying their life way more than I am when I feel like I'm just working all the time. But then at the same time, I realize like the fact that I do feel bitter towards that is that's a core thing that I really want. And that's a core thing that everyone really wants. And that becomes way more important than money or work or success or what you're representing yourself as because at the end of the day that's the the being that we all want to be you know why do we pursue money why do we pursue all this stuff i just got hairs on the back of my neck stand up when you (laughs) because there's so many people who are going to listen to this and be like that's the path that i'm on that's like exactly where i'm pointed at is i'm going to throw myself in work when relationships just don't go my way or I'm having problems, you know, and, and I just want it to be easy. Yeah. Dude, hustle culture is bullshit, in my opinion. Like, hu- like you heard it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you heard Hustle- it. <laughs> like, <Not> guys. <laughs> that it's such a one-dimensional way of thinking. And I, like, I lived it very, like, too much so at a certain point in my life to a point where I literally did give up weight. Like I didn't see my family for like who I love, you know, like because I, I thought work was way more important. And now that I see them getting older, I'm just like, what? Like, I feel like I wasted that time not seeing them. 
yeah. which is funny, right? Like, cause people feel like they waste their time, like not working towards something. Yeah. How's that uh, rebalancing going for you now? I think it's good. Like in the sense that that intensity of work, which probably comes from my martial arts and the intensity of training that I was putting myself through, you know, six hours a day, I would wake up in the morning and I would run five miles. I'd go to school. Then I go to training at like the supplementation, that energy now that I have more time, I'm putting into cultivating relationships and hanging out with people and learning, relearning how to just like speak in a non, non-business way. <laughs> you know, it's stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And so like when you're talking about like relationships and stuff, like you have this business side and then like, you know, just regular Kent who's trying to like find where he is like with people again. Um, what is like going through success done to that? Like both parts of you, like what, that's such a weird thing for people that, you know, I don't know. I'm, the question I'm trying to ask is, can you tell us about how to manage these different parts? And <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's, like, I don't have an answer because I don't know yet, <laughs> to be honest, you know, oh, I'm man. like working through it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's like a secret sauce to anything in life, but I, I guess it's more just trying to, it, what's funny is when you do get embedded so deeply into one culture and that begins to define you, then people will look at you as that one dimensional thing. And then you start attracting those type of people also versus you know i think that's what my co-founder ryan does so well where he's like a guy that just he values happiness a lot mm. he values relationships a lot like he about like he's amazing at building partnerships for that reason you know and um that's becomes and i i value the fuck out of him obviously you know and uh it's really, I, I guess in like the journey of neuro, there's obviously times where like as co-founders with a friend, you're like, oh my God, dude, like, why aren't you doing this? Or why, like, he probably feels the same way towards me at times, but she'll never let that like change his expression of who he is. And I'm so fortunate to have that type of person as my right hand slash equal. And I want that in every aspect of my life, <laughs> you know? I never want to be next to someone that feels that they want something from me more so, like in a financial or non-human way. And I guess that's the way I try to look at human interaction, you know, like to be able to have honest conversations with you guys and, you know, have honest conversations with a significant other so it doesn't it doesn't feel like they, you know, I don't want to be that rich guy that has the bimbo wife that just wants you for the money. I want, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter who they are. Like, I just, I just want like real connection, whatever that the guy with the cargo shorts is. at the Ferrari dealership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, he's, exactly. Like, he's like, I'm sorry. Can I help you, sir? Oh, I'm just going to pay in cash, but you know, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Like bro, cargo shorts. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Ohio. Thank you very much. It's very yeah. fashionable. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta exactly. get uh, Ryan on here sometime, man. Hell yeah! <laughs> I don't Ryan's know him man. as personally as well, but I I think I have some mutual friends with Ryan. So <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. Ryan has a lot of friends. 
Yeah. Ryan definitely has more friends than I do. Yeah. <laughs> how did you, how'd you guys meet and how did you guys decide to like do this thing together and keep going and hold yourself together throughout all the... Like Ryan, so I met Ryan in Japanese class and we connected over Super Smash Brothers. Oh, God, uh, the, real, the real story. Yeah, yeah, the real story. Oh, that's real. Uh, you pick Kirby all the time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we got so into that fucking game. It's crazy. We still play it. Like, I literally pulled out my N64 and we've been playing it again. Oh, N64. Oh, Yo, man. dog, that's, that's the system. And, uh, but then, so, and he lived with me during that summer. You know, we just became really close friends because he used to be captain of his tracking cross country team. So he had this athletic background too. Like he spoke Japanese. Like he wasn't, he had a chemistry. Like, I don't know. There were a lot of things that we were very in tune with. And, uh, but then when he was 19, so a, a year and a half after I met him, he got in a snowboarding accident. I literally saw him the day before, which is crazy, but he got in a snowboarding accident where he broke his back and he's paraplegic now. And, um, <laughs> Damn. The craziest thing, though, is, like, Ryan just, it's something about his personality where he just, I feel like that would have destroyed me. Like, I would have, like, ended my life there. Ryan literally just rebounds and just, you know, he talks about, like, it's because of the support system he had. But at the end of the day, he's the one that built that support system before that injury even happened. Like, it's, mm. and he just keeps going, man. Like, it's, it's crazy. And we just stayed friends. Like, you know, he wanted to get scuba certified. So I was like, dude, fuck it. Like, let's go get scuba certified. And we took a <laughs> personal course together. We got scuba certified. And now we go scuba diving every year, you know? We're going to Mexico tomorrow to go scuba diving. Like, it's... Oh, word? Yeah. Like, it's... That's where you're going. Yeah. For Nueva Vallarta. Oh, but, uh, I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah, man. You should come. Let's, I, let's I've gone to, I went to Cal Cabo, like, uh, Cabo last year. And I went... Uh, earlier this year, I went... I Wait, went where did you go? Because we um, went last year too. February, no, no, this year February, I went to, went scuba diving. I went snorkeling with whale sharks. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what we did too. <laughs> oh man, you guys are so lucky, dude. It was so amazing. Cool. Yeah, we went to Cabo to whale shark dive. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Yeah. Dog, it's, so, dude, they're so cool, and like you know, you want to respect them, obviously, and right. but. They're just like these lumbering beasts of the ocean that just, you, you're just floating there and they're just swimming around <laughs> you eating plankton. And it was remarkable. And that was like a dream of Ryan and I's to do, you know, ever since we got certified. And, but also at the same time, like he, like that's his, that was a dream that he was pushing for, like for ever since he got injured. And that's why we got scuba certified and everything. And for me, my my dream, if you asked me early on in the business, it's probably like, I want to make this a company that makes like $10 million a year or whatever, or like five million, whatever, like tangible number is. And now it's something so different where it's like, no, uh, you know, I want this a company that just re represents our lifestyle and something that helps other people realize that. So, yeah, but that's a big dream. Um, I'm just really curious. Bigger. I have no idea how scuba diving as a paraplegic works. Yeah, it's it's a lot of you know the buoyancy that yeah. you have to maintain. It's really just managing that buoyancy, but with a different center of gravity, and then mm. using your using your arms to swim. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. 
you found a way around. It sounds like this guy is great to have around you because he just doesn't he doesn't get Dude. stopped by anything. Yeah, yeah. Like he we just definitely have to have him on the show. For sure. Oh yeah, he he's the man. Like Ryan's, Ryan's the man. Yeah. And uh, like I, I I can only speak highly about you know my co-founder, which is and hopefully like and I I want to believe that he does the same for me because it only it seems like he does and so i think that mutual respect is really important in anything did you guys have any conflicts that i mean of course you know like it's kind of like why am i pulling all-nighters all the time and working my ass off and like my phone's blown up and i'm doing shipments and whatever but that at the same time it's probably just like dude cat like you need to chill out <laughs> like or whatever it is you know so it's yeah i think it, it but it's not like conflict is only as big as you want it to be. Everything can be diffused. Like even in martial arts, the way you win a fight is to not have a fight at all. Right. right? So fill out the vibe of the room, man. Don't be the guy who's looking for the exactly. Fight. And that's something that's that's mental, and that's something that we want to represent. Feeling out the vibe and understanding it and winning the fight before there's even a fight is the win. That's like enter the dragon where Bruce Lee tricks that guy to get onto the boat before they go to the, like, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Island. And he's just like floating on, <laughs> yeah, on the edge of the boat. Like, what's your style? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Bolts don't strike back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. What's uh, next for you in terms of development? Personal development or business personal development? Personal development. <laughs> Although I'm um, sure the business is going to do amazing. Um, <laughs> already doing amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think for personal development, it's always trying to pursue that, that balance in life. I really want to embed neuro and myself more deeply in a sense where it gets integrated. I, I think there's a lot, for me, art is really important because it's uh, an executionable way of expressing how I feel internally. And so I want to continue to push that. But, you know, ultimately, uh, my own personal development at the end of the day is how do I, how do I just like live a better life? Whatever that means. You know, how do I help people live better lives? Whatever that means. Do you, do you have a journaling or a meditation practice? Anything so like I, I don't meditate anymore, but only because I read more. And mm. you know, when you get in like the flow of reading and like, you can't get out of a book to me, that feels really similar to being in a meditative state. And it allows me, like, I know it's still consumption, so it doesn't clear the mind, but it it is that same process of being able to, get in a flow state that um, where I find the value of meditation. Um, journaling, I don't journal, but I sketch all the time. You know, I have mm. like, I, I have sketchbooks that are, let's see if I like have one here. Like, I, I just have them lying around everywhere. But, oh, yeah. oh, just everything, everything's just right on that bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, like I have, like I show you just, you know, I'll just have pages and pages of where I'm writing. I have like ideas written down. Nice. Like I'll like start storyboarding things. I don't know if it's even showing up. Uh, a little bit. Like, uh, you know, 
Yeah, if it's a little closer to the camera, I think it'll be visible. Yeah, but it's just like, it's literally just so much of just writing notes down and like, but then also having, you know, like I'll go camping, I'll do like little sketches of like mountains. And nice. You are super just, talented. <laughs> just, or if I have like different ideas on experience. All right, people listening, audio yeah. only, you're going to have to go on YouTube to, to see what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's big parts of, uh, and it's not organized by any, like, you know, it's just kind of like random scrap, like scribbling and Japanese. Totally. Somebody. <laughs> but that means what does that mean? Uh, it means like, well, work hard or go for it or whatever. Go. Yeah, like a positive, like, go for it. You know, like, I'll have my, like, yeah. You know, I'll have, like, my sketches, like, my drawings, nice. and then I'll have, like, my, like, a little paragraph on how I feel <laughs> at I, that moment. So, I don't know. That's awesome, dude. Does, na does nature make you utilitarian or a stoic? Like, uh, mm. so I don't even know what oh, that means. Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> was, what was oh. the answer? <laughs> like, utilitarian because you have to survive in nature, like uh -huh. right sure. but then you're a stoic because you are by yourself without any distractions so yeah. i think it's both i don't know like it's stupid you, philosophical stuff oh dude i'm a huge be, philosophy buff man yeah i'm just writing stuff like that all the time i'll be mentally strong to survive out there too <laughs> yeah exactly but i mean i love the outdoors yeah. you know that's a big part of my life me, so. me too dude what where go, do you let's like go. To go camping so we're going to a four-day Ray Lakes loop in uh, like Mineral King, High Sierras on October 4th, which is the big, like our next big camping trip. Oh, but right before, on. yeah, before that, you know, hitting all the 14ers in California was like a big goal of mine. Um, I'm still missing a few, but. You like altitude? I, I'm a slow hiker, man. Yeah. 14ers is 14,000 feet. I like, I do it. 14,000 and above, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, but you know, like a Colorado dude, I used to go ice climbing every year before COVID. Like it's, uh, that was a big part of my life. Uh, I love the life climbing. in Colorado. People, yeah. like, they live that man. They live at altitude and their skin's always kind of dry and ashy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Their hair's like all frizzy a little yeah. bit. On the edges, like, yeah. They have a ton of mountain house just in their trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I just got a new car, an FJ Cruiser. I'm so ready to go outdoors and like, I'm- I love I'm the FJ, man. It's the, yeah. dude, it's, it's a monster. Do people still want mints during COVID? <laughs> dude, people want mints, man. People want mints and gum what? more than ever. It's That's great. crazy. We've, yeah, I mean, our revenue, we're gonna do our best month this month. We've, every single month since COVID hit has been our best month. It's crazy. So, it's what's been going good. on? People just drugging themselves up at home. <laughs> Consumer behavior is not changing. It's like people can't go out and get caffeine, so they're maybe chewing gum. But at the same time, you know, we've had these crazy. Unfortunately, college campuses shut down, and that was a big market for us. But at the same time, Joe Rogan's talking about us, so it's like, okay, like that that works That's, out. That advertising is priceless on Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, podcast marketing like badass Asian dudes. You, you can't you can't beat it. <laughs> How was it like on Joe Rogan? <laughs> it was a. Uh, I, well, so like we didn't go on Joe Rogan, like personally as a guest, but oh. we, you know, he talked about us like multiple times. Like he's like, like pushing product to Tony Hawk, you know, like, and us hearing is like, oh my God. Like, That's good enough, man. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm very, very fortunate.
All right. Maybe... All right, the real question. Oh, okay, go, Brandon. Oh, go, go for it, dude. The real, a qu- real question is, can mm-hmm. badass Asian dudes get a discount? <laughs> oh, of course, man. All, all my Asian dudes can always get a discount. Of course. We're, we're just going to be chewing gum like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, we are, we're sponsored by... Nero. Nero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are like talking twice as fast. Like, you have said I talk extremely fast, which is probably for a reason. So, hi. How have you been? What are, we, have, we have some questions for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Well, no, that's awesome, man. And um, so, camping, life balance, like, and best, I mean, that's that's kind of a crazy story, you know, like coming back to the beginning where you're just like, I just want to enjoy life too and live a lifestyle that I, you know, that you enjoy. And I think a lot of the guys that are going to, or even people listening to this, if you could just give them some advice about your journey, what would you say? I always pursued the freedom to be myself more than anything else. And you realize on that journey that it takes a lot of hard work and also having to really work for other people, you know, like freedom comes with being around people where like, you're not just like an arrogant dictatorial prick, but finding balance with the people you're around to reach your goals. And, uh, I would say pursue freedom, but not with the sacrifice of others. So yeah. Hopefully right. that's good. Hopefully that, that fits the badass Asian dude's uh, morale and motto. And <laughs> it's one of top top episodes for me, man. Just energy yeah. wise, story wise. So I'm not hell yeah. I'm not gonna lie that this has been yeah. a very good episode for yeah. me. And uh, how can people find you? Um, yeah, you could you could uh, go to getnero.com. That's our website. G T N E U R O dot com. You know, catch me on Instagram. It's just my like my japanese name kentaro yeah i post some random stuff on there but yeah we'll get that discount code from you later <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah for sure homie and discount then you'll have seven best months in a row because all the asian <laughs> people are like yes this dude is we're gonna buy his gum and support him hell yeah i love it i love it you'll need you to have support, like a, a, you have to have an integration with camping like somehow neuro outdoor version or something you know i know i was thinking about that because like our mints are actually just to criticize my own product it's a it's loud right because in a tin and i'm like dude that's either gonna attract bears or it's gonna scare bears away like i don't know what it is but hero scares bears yeah scares bears (laughs) 2020 marketing campaign scare the bears with your neuro neuro (laughs) but it is a perfect outdoor product and perfect camping product in that regard yeah all right yeah for me this was definitely this was definitely one of the most entertaining episodes i've been on <laughs> so. nice <laughs> just me talking about myself for like how <laughs> long yeah. got so, anything uh, else to say brandon or Kent or anybody dude uh I'm stoked to be on here and I'm stoked to be even considered a badass agent because <laughs> growing up, that is the farthest thing I ever thought I was. So <laughs> I, I appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, no worries. Uh, you are definitely a badass. And yeah, this was 
this was super fun. Um, yeah, uh, we are podcast with uh, Kent Yoshimura from Neuro and all the other crazy stuff he does. Um, see you guys next time. All right.